Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, you asked for it, and we're delivering a few financial strategies for our armed forces. Plus, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA, answer your money questions. When should you claim Social Security to avoid any changes for the worst that the government might be making to the system? And is it better to contribute to a Roth 401k or a traditional 401k when dealing with taxes and inflation? And Joe and Al and I go off on a total derail telling stories of Cyber Monday shopping and trips to Vegas and a whole bunch of other silly stuff. But first, our armed forces face some unique financial challenges that civilians may not think about. Today, we're bringing in the heavy artillery with some tips and benefits available exclusively to our military members and their families. We got two very special guests, Andy. We do. I'm super excited about this. Bethany and I actually met at uh, FinCon, and we bonded. Yes. So I said, we got to have you guys on the show. <laughs> so we have with us Ellie Kay and Bethany Bayless. They're the founder and director of communications, respectively, of the nonprofit Heroes at Home, which is a free financial education event that they've taken across the country and around the world for the last decade to provide financial education to help United States Armed Forces families pay off debt, build savings, and learn how to get more for less. Ellie Kay is America's family financial expert. She's the wife of the world's greatest fighter pilot, I understand. She's the best-selling author of 15 books and a popular media guest on Fox and ABC News, among others. Ellie and Bethany also host the Money Millhouse podcast, where they share a cup of coffee or four over Ellie's kitchen table, and they brew up money-saving tips and tricks for anyone's lifestyle. Ladies, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having us. This is so Thanks, fun. Nice to be here. Hey, you know, this is very cool. And special to me, my, my best buddy um, is a senior chief in the United States Navy. His wife actually works with Andy and I, and he needs your help because he is physically irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> and he listens to this podcast, so I'm sure uh, Mikey Martin would be happy for your help. So I really appreciate everything you do for the armed forces. We're here in San Diego, and of course, it's a big military town. And so the, the work that you guys are doing is absolutely incredible. So it's just an honor to have you both on the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. And with a friend like you guys, he ought to be doing better with his money. You know, he's got some good friends here. Yeah, he just does the opposite of everything that I tell him to do. <laughs> okay. Maybe you well, should use some reverse psychology on that exactly, one. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so why don't you guys give us an overview of what Heroes at Home is and then also talk about the Money Millhouse podcast. We've been working in this space for quite some time now, and we founded the nonprofit, which is actually SAFMR approved. So what that means is that we are certified on the highest levels of the DOD to be able to take financial education directly into the bases where we can talk directly to military members. They trust us. Everything we have submitted has been vetted and they trust us not to sell because unfortunately in the past there have been some predatory presenters uh, that have people sign up for their annuities on the spot or oh, wow. other products. Yeah, other products. So that's quite a distinction. We're only one of three, only three organizations, including like the USAA Ed Foundation and the First Command Ed Foundation, and then us. And so uh, we're excited to have a place at the table to be able to do that. And it is our joy and privilege to be able to go and talk to these military members and their families. And primarily, it, we're talking to the military members. So about 80% of our audiences are in uniform, and we do it during the duty day. And they come to us, sometimes it's mandated, you know, sometimes it's that that mandatory fun. And therein is the challenge for Bethany, as our high energy millennial MC, to get them all warmed up and to turn that crowd, which she does very effectively. <laughs> 
it's a lot of fun. We love what we're able to do for our military members. And they have a very special place in our heart because what my mom is not saying is that we are a military family ourselves. It's really fun for us to be able to go connect with our family and the people that are so close to us. So tell us about the Money Millhouse podcast. That's a little bit different, right? It is a little bit different. So we have a lot of coffee. We both love coffee. I think I got my love of coffee from my mom. We just sit over a cup of coffee and we just have conversations. We just have so much fun talking to each other and talking to our friends about money and what it looks like to just live with that lens of financial responsibility and that lens of being able to save. And so we have two generations. We have my generation, the millennials who are young professionals. They're starting out, they're saving, they're learning about retirement. They're learning things that like, oh, I'm an adult. I have to do this stuff. What? What does that mean? What does that look like? And then we also have the generation that uh, is my mom generation. We touch a little bit on entrepreneurism because we are both entrepreneurs at heart. And we just have a fun, fun time talking about money. We like to say that we're kind of like the gateway into financial literacy for people who don't necessarily like talking about stocks, which are fun. Like we love stocks. They're super fun. Maybe that's not what you always want to listen to at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. So. There you go. How did the passion for financial education come about? I think that kind of started with me. I was a born entrepreneur, had my first business at the age of seven. By the time I was 12, I paid for a trip to Spain to go see my cousins. By the time I was 15, at 12, yes, through my own businesses. And then by the time I was 15, I paid cash for my first car. So I was kind of a born entrepreneur. I was a broker for a number of years before I met my and married my husband. And then I married into $40,000 of undeclared consumer debt. He looked good in a flight suit. I didn't ask him for his credit report. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake. So now now when our kids bring home a significant other, they bring that significant other's credit report. So yeah, there you go. Perfect. So my husband took, he was in aerospace at the time. He was a reservist. He wasn't full-time active duty. And so he took a $50,000 a year pay cut to leave aerospace, go back into the military as a captain. I mean, he had two daughters, and then he kept me pregnant for the next seven years. So we we had five babies in seven years. So we, we moved 11 times in 13 years. So there was no way for me to keep my previous career field. And so I became a master at saving money. We paid off all of that consumer debt on one military man's income wow. in two and a half years. Fantastic. And so, yeah, and out of that came the whole passion for becoming more financially literate. It led to my first book, and then 15 books later, we're still doing it. You know firsthand, but help our listeners understand maybe the difficulties that maybe someone in the military has versus not when it comes to finances. So it's it's very difficult for maybe the spouse of someone that's in the military to find full-time work if you're moving every couple of years. So can, can you talk about the challenges and then some of the things that they can do to potentially put themselves in a great financial position such as you have? Certainly. I mean, one of the things Bethany and I see when we go from uh, base to base is that military spouses and military spouse hiring is a significant issue. And if you're moving as many times as, you know, I said we moved, uh, then it takes you two to three months to find a job and they may not want to hire you because they know you're going to move again. And so their continuity in employment is a really big issue. And so those are some of the things that we have to help military spouses with. That's why the mill spousepreneurship is very popular in the military community. They're starting side hustles. They're getting um, like an AFC, accredited financial counselor certification designation so that they can take that. That's a mobile portable type of career. So there are some career fields that are portable in terms of military spouses, but we try to help them bridge the gap. 
when it comes to how to be able to succeed. And one of the things is simple, and that is live within your means so that when you are moving all of those times, then you can have less debt to worry about as you're moving from place to place. And Bethany, what would you say is the number one thing that happens in military families when it comes to wasting their money? You just What would you <laughs> say, Bethany? <laughs> one of the biggest ones is buying a brand new car. car so we see that frequently is the car payment, especially for our young military members who got their first paycheck, their very first job out of high school. And they think, oh, my goodness, I have money. And this car payment is exactly what I'm making right now. It's perfect. <laughs> this is exactly what I should do. So if you drive across the base, you'll see the dorms parking lot and you'll see yes. Camaros and Mustangs and the most beautiful cars. And if you drive just a little bit further, you'll go to the commander's lot where you'll see the 1991 Toyota Camry. You will see those manual cars. They're not super shiny, but they're all paid off. So that's a little bit one of the things. But going back to what my mom said, one of the things that she said often that I love is that what her part-time job was as a military spouse, when she had all those kids, when she was staying home, her part-time job was learning how to save money. And so you don't necessarily have to go out and make money. That's a great thing. There's lots of ways to do that. But if you take a step back, if you really put in the time in cutting back on all these little areas when it comes to menu planning, when it comes to the grocery bill, when it comes to where you're spending and where you're impulse buying or all of those things, if you take the time and you put that time into it, that can be your part-time job is to learn where you can save so that you can make that income go a little bit further. Well, that's creative. That's a nice one. Visit the show notes for today's episode at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to watch the video of this conversation with Ellie Kay and Bethany Bayless and to read the transcript. And keep listening because in this next segment, Ellie and Bethany have a list of useful tips and resources and benefits that are available exclusively to our military members. You'll find all those links in the show notes as well. And hey, if you know folks like Joe's friend, Mikey Martin, you know, members of our armed forces who really should know about the benefits available to them, email them a link to the show notes too. So let's talk about what some of the other challenges that uh, us civilians don't think about when it comes to military finance and what the solutions are for those challenges. Well, one of the other challenges is when you move. Yes, the military pays for you to move, but guess what? There are families moving from Hawaii to Alaska because their bases and, and where they work, I mean, and it's significant. So think about it. You have got young enlisted military member and their spouse. Some of those families already have a couple of children. And they're only making, you know, depending on their special duty pay and all of that, they're making between 25 and 30 a year. And they don't have to pay for their move, but they got to pay for snowsuits for everybody. They have to pay for coats. Every time we move, even if we live in base housing, we need new things for the house. We may need blinds. You know, you don't want to hang up sheets and they won't let you. So there's all of these additional expenses that come up. And then one other quick thing I'd like to mention is that when that military member deploys, The military spouse has a lot of additional expenses. So if they have smaller children, if that spouse is deploying for a year, they ain't going to stay up there for a year in Alaska. It's just too dadgum cold. So they'll take the babies and they'll go and they'll nest. It's called nesting. They'll nest in the lower 48. Well, if you think about it, you've got this young enlisted family and they're having to pay for tickets to fly down. Maybe the parents, you know, their own parents will help them out with that. They can only afford that ticket once to be able to go down. If things are extended or something like that, that can be an issue. And so when they're deployed, there's all these additional expenses that come up because you're worried about your spouse's safety. I mean, it really is hard. I I like to say that it's, it's hard for a spouse 
to have their military member deploy. And, and now as a mom, it's even harder to see my babies go off sure. and deploy. But you're worried about that. You're concerned for their safety. And so you're not really into like saving every nickel and penny and stuff like that. And, and sometimes you're exhausted. And so you spend more money on eating out, you know, mm-hmm. all the, those extra expenses. So things can really add up even during deployments. And those are things that civilians don't always see. They just hear about the special duty pay and things like that. And they don't always appreciate the fact that, okay, not only are they having to deal with finances, but uh, they're having to deal with life and death. They're having to deal with those really big concerns that they have. Hey, um, what benefits or added benefits, if there are any, that military individuals have that maybe don't even know that exist? There's a lot of people that listen to our show. Well, not a lot. There's probably four or five that listen to our show. Um, but there, there, there could be something out there that maybe they should know about to help them become more maybe financial savvy or, or help them build that financial independence long term. Joe, I love this question because it's one of my favorites. There are so many incredible resources available to our military families on base that are not available for us as civilians. My biggest number one tip that I can give is the Airmen and Family Readiness Center or the Military Family Readiness Center, the Readiness Center on base. For Navy families, it's fleet and family. They can go to these centers on base for financial education and for so many different resources. The counseling that they're able to get there is also incredibly crucial. It's something that us as civilians would pay $300 an hour for if we were to get somewhere for ourselves, but this is free for military members and their families. And a lot of times, it's seen as a last resort. You go to these places if you're in trouble or if you're in crisis, and that's not necessarily true. These resources are available on base for free to help you with things that you have questions about. So if you want to create a spending plan for your family, they're able to walk you through that. When it comes to your credit cards, if you have credit card debt, student loan debt, they help you come up with a plan to pay down those cards or that debt. And they walk through your credit score. They can explain the difference between a credit report, a credit score, all of those things. And this is free free to all military members. All they have to do is they walk in, they can sign up for appointment, they have classes that are available there. It is my favorite resource that's available to them for free. That's it's fantastic. for free. Excellent. Yes. Very cool. Adding to that real quick. So we have a few things that when we go and teach financial education on bases that not all service members are taking advantage of. Uh, right now there's a BRS, which is a blended retirement system. If you've been in 12 years or longer, then you're grandfathered into the old retirement system. If you come into the military this year, you automatically get the new one. And then those people in that no man's land have to make the decision. So that's a really big thing. They need to make that decision uh, because they could be losing some money if they don't opt into it or if they don't make the best choice that's available to them. The second thing is making sure that they take advantage of the TSP. And if they were not one of those military members that automatically get a lifestyle fund that is available to them, sometimes they're in the G fund. So they need to make sure that they're in the L fund of some kind. So the G fund is just a basic like 1% or less, whereas the L fund is better investing based on your age. So they need to modify that. We found some poor military members that have had 10 years in the G fund. Oh, wow. Thinking they're making all kinds of money. So that's important for civilians, too that have a thrift savings plan. And then the last thing is the savings deposit program. So this is a best kept secret. And you would not believe how many people that are listening to your show today that may be military that have never participated that. So when you deploy into the theater, into a combat zone, after 30 days, you qualify for the SDP and you can put in up to $10,000 and make a guaranteed 10% return. 
for as long as you're in the theater, and then it continues 60 days after you get back. Wow. So when we were in the past, when we've spoken to Navy SEALs, the, the savvy ones, they can keep those going all the time because those special ops groups are in and out of the theater so frequently, you know, they keep that 10% going on $10,000 on a regular basis. So those are my secrets. Uh, and those are things that military families should be taking advantage of. A, qu- a quick question, a follow-up question with that. Is there automatic enrollment for military individuals in the TSP or do they have to enroll themselves? Well, they need to do the enrollment themselves in terms of uh, participating in the plan. Yeah, they do. I mean, they're going to be sent a pin. They're going to be sent all of this information, but they have to do that themselves. And like I said, now new people that are enrolling in it, they automatically are signed up in an L fund. There's L50, there's L40. It depends on your age and how close you are to retirement. So that part is a good news, but they do need to opt into that. And especially like there is a matching element as well involved and they have to sign up and they have to opt in if they're wanting to do the matching portion of BRS. How much education is there when when new recruits come in to talk about the TSP or to talk about, you know, the Roth component of it versus traditional and compound interest? And is that what you guys do in, in, in some instance to educate the younger individual? Because, I mean, if you're 20 years old going in there, just putting 25, 50 bucks to begin with, I mean, it could make a, a very huge difference in their lives. Yeah, there's a, a certain amount of classes they have to go through when they're transitioning into the military. There's a certain amount of required education and with this new BRS system that's coming out, they're now requiring touch points throughout their career for them to get that financial education throughout their career. This is something that's new. They're rolling out. And then what we would do is we would come alongside those resources available on base, the Airman Family Readiness, Military Family Readiness, all those readiness centers. We come alongside of them and we give that financial education, but pointing them right back to that sustainable resource available to them on base. So we do add some financial education that's very needed right now in the military because there is a good element to that. But when it comes to adding more throughout the career, you know, it's one of those things that we talk to commander after commander, commander who say, I wish I had this when I was their age. Mm -hmm. I wish I had this when I first got in the military. I wish I knew all of these things. So we just kind of come alongside and and help what they're already doing. And, And we're, we're essentially a commercial for the military and family readiness center. So the way I like to liken is I'm a mother of seven. And so when my children were teenagers, I could tell them things all day long and they wouldn't listen. So my daughter, I I won't mention her name, but let's (laughs) say she's, she's going out on a date and I say, Hey, you know, Bethy, it's cold outside. You may want a jacket. And she's like, and then I say that a couple of times, then the boyfriend shows up and say, Hey, you may want to grab your hoodie. It's a little chilly outside. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. And so that's what it's like on bases. So you've got your commanders, you've got your military family readiness center, you've got the drill instructors, you have all these people telling these young military troops, okay, here are some things you need to know about finances, you need to do this. And they just don't listen. But then we come in with a shiny show and it's fast paced and we do a live Twitter chat and (laughs) we've got this amazing MC that has just got so much energy to burn and we give them free (laughs) gifts. We give them gift cards and iPads and books and all kinds so of, of stuff. So, of course, they're going to listen to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and so that's what we do. But but we, we like to augment what's already being done and highlight it. Hey, so what are you guys chatting about on the Money Millhouse? We are getting into a season where the holidays are coming up. 
and the beginning of the new year. So we recently had an episode when it comes to spending family time that doesn't have to spend a lot of money. So making those holiday traditions, making those things that can last for for years and years and years, but it doesn't have to cost you a lot. We had a great episode with Tasha Corcoran from Our Big Happy Life. And then coming up, we have some excellent episodes on retirement, which is so much fun. <laughs> I'm serious. It is so much fun. Retirement's the best. And I'm at an age right now where my husband and I are thinking about this. We're thinking about practical ways that we can be putting money away for the future, but also thinking about retirement maybe in a different way, in a new way. And so those are some of the episodes we have coming out. And we just have, again, I mean, you might take my word for it or listen to the podcast. I think we have a lot of fun and we think we're really funny. <laughs> uh, uh, Ellie Katie, Bethany Bayless, we really appreciate you hanging out. Uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you well, thank so much you. for having us. And thanks for having us. And we're you're going to have to be on our podcast as well so that we can say we have had you guys on our podcast. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, then that will get our listenership up like one million fold. <laughs> so, uh, check them out at themoneymillhouse.com and heroesathome.org. Check the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com for links to both Heroes at Home and the Money Millhouse, as well as the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines Family Readiness Centers and information on the blended retirement system, the thrift savings plan, and the savings deposit plan. Coming up in the next few weeks on Your Money, Your Wealth, everything you ever wanted to know about your finances and everyone else's with Lindsay Stanberry, editor of Refinery29 Money Diaries. And learn about the leverage equation with financial mentor Todd Tresseter. Subscribe to the podcast at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to listen free on demand. Now let's get to your emails. If you've got any financial questions, military or otherwise, or comments or suggestions for the podcast, click the Ask Joe and Big Al button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Better do it soon because if we get those millions of subscribers Joe was just talking about, we will never get through all these emails. Uh, this is from R. Cooper, Mr. Anderson. Wow. That sounds that's like, like the Matrix. Right, it is. That's exactly Mr. what I thought Anderson. of. You know how many times I've heard that? A lot, I'm sure. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> I really, probably, probably I, really, I really appreciate the YouTube videos uh, you produce. Um, R. Cooper, I do not produce them. I find them quite informative and valuable. I also enjoy the exchange you have with Big Al. I'm currently 56 years old, single. I am planning on retiring early next year. I was thinking about taking Social Security at 62. I'm using the government's money and not tapping my 401k plan so early in my retirement. My question is twofold. The longer I wait to collect Social Security, the more likely the government is to make changes to the amount, date uh, that I can collect, etc. Do you really think I should wait 10 years until I hit full retirement? Or should I be better served to only wait five years with less chances of major changes to Social Security? And once I begin collecting Social Security, would I be grandfathered? I really appreciate your thoughts you might provide. Well, R. Cooper, that is a very... Uh, political question you have there, it, sir. It, is. <laughs> it depends on your on your feeling about politics. So I'll start, Joe. All right. So, um, and I guess uh, R. Cooper, this uh, this is just my opinion. Um, the Social Security Administration. So what they tell us, what the trustees tell us, is that they'll run out of money in 2034. Run out of money for the trust fund which means if they haven't done any fixes at that time, then they could only pay out about 77% of the promised benefits. So you're, you're, you're right to be concerned. 
So then it's like a matter of, well, is this something they can fix? And the answer is yes, they can fix it. They've actually had situations like this before, and they've lengthened the retirement age. They've, they've increased the amount, the percentage that they collect. They've increased the cap on Social Security. So if all of those happen, you're likely at your age not going to have much or any of those. The, probably the concern, though, is there has been talk over the last at least couple decades about means testing, which means that if you make too much money, maybe you'll have some benefits taken away. That is a potential concern, but at the moment, nobody, absolutely nobody is talking about it. And in this political environment, it seems pretty unlikely that's going to happen before you get to full retirement age, although that's now that's an opinion. Right. And you may disagree with me. And, and if so, then go ahead and take it at 62. Yeah, I would. So he's 55, 56 years old. I, I definitely see his concern. I do, because that's, that's 10 years till full retirement yeah, age Yeah, he's like, him. man, I don't know. There's a ton of things that can happen. Yeah, and, yeah. and, I, th- and I would say this, too, uh, is if there's going to be a change, they will likely give you a period of time. Like, let's say you're 64 and they say, you know what, by the end of uh, in, in three months, if you don't claim it, you go in the new system. There, it, it's, that seems likely. I can't guarantee that. Right, right, right. That seems likely. So I guess to answer the question, is he grandfather? The answer is no. Um, they can do anything they basically they, want. They, although typically, typically yes. they do grandfather you, but it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. Um, so I, I guess it's, what are your other assets? You know what? What does your overall retirement plan look like? Is I think a better question to see how much are you really, uh, how much income are you counting on with Social Security? Is it eighty percent, fifty percent, thirty percent, something like that? Uh, do you have other assets? So if that benefit were to be reduced, and so on and so forth. But uh, politically speaking, I would wait until your full retirement, or even later. Um, and I think by the time you get there, we'll know a lot more. Because we got 16 years until this happens. Sure. Um, there's been a lot of talk of you know, trying to fix the system and things like that by other groups, not necessarily politicians. Yes. Uh, but when politicians talk about it, no one really likes to hear about it. Right. Um, because they don't want anything to happen to their entitlements. Which right. is understandable. Well, sure. So think about this. If you're a politician and saying, you know what, I'm going to reduce Social Security benefits, do you think you'll get elected? No. It's Of course not. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> so they will have to deal with it, and they will deal with it, but probably not in the near term. So uh, my advice, I guess, for R. Cooper is that I think that they will have some fixes. Um, me, personally, I'm going to wait to my full retirement age. And I am. Um, You're younger. A lot younger than you are, Cooper. Not that much. I know. <laughs> a decade. About, yeah, decade no. plus. Yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> I'm aging you on this show. I know you are. I feel I feel 60 <laughs> right now. Okay, uh, let's let's go down to uh, Alabama. Okay, Marcus. Greetings, Big Al and Joe slash Joel. Joel. Yep. Yeah, Marcus. He's, he's, to he's, the yeah, because that's what that's what most like people to, call me. They do like to call you that. Hey, Joel. Does your mom call you that? <laughs> Just curious. Okay. She calls me sweetheart. Oh. D- dear. Dear? Yes. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, first off, I thoroughly enjoy the podcast. Well, thank you, Marcus. That's very nice. Earlier this year, I caught up on YMYW Seasons 1 through 4 via YouTube and just recently found the podcast. Oh, Marcus, you've been binge-watching YMYW. For those of you that don't know what YMYW stands for, it's Your Money, Your Wealth. I'm still enjoying it all. 
Now to the question. Uh, when it comes to 401k versus Roth 401k in the whole tax issue, I know it's been back and forth about which is better and why, but how does inflation factor into this equation? My thoughts are Roth 401k is better because taxes are already paid and it grows tax-free, so the money is my money and none is the government's. Damn right, Marcus. Argument one, is that... Um, is that you typically? Tip, is that what is that your typically, or is that you typically will be in a lower tax bracket? Blah blah blah. In retire. Oh, I see what he's saying yeah. there. <laughs> he's he's talking to me. Yes. Is that you're typically going to be in a lower tax bracket? Blah blah blah. Retirement. So defer your tax payment. But how does this hold up when inflation is factored into the picture? Given inflation will happen, isn't it wise to prepay taxes now? Hypothetically, if I'm in a 22% tax bracket now and think I'll be in the 12% tax bracket in the future, so I defer taxes until then. Given there's a 20-plus year retirement time horizon when inflation is factored, and how does the 12% tax rate hurt my pockets? Is there a chance I won't be in the 12% bracket because I need to take out more money due to inflation? Am I missing something around inflation and taxes? Help me understand the scenario. So what do you what 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 say you Al? So what he's saying is Roth uh, versus regular 401k. Is it better to do the Roth because of inflation? Because what he's thinking is he's going to be maybe in a higher tax bracket in the future just because inflation. He's going to have higher dollars pulled out. And and I I would say that there's one thing Marcus maybe that you're forgetting, and that is the uh, IRS tax rates are indexed for inflation also. So the the 12 percent tax bracket for a married couple right now goes to about 77,000 single half of that. So next year it'll be 78,000. The yeah, year but after 79,000. The, the inflation they use to increase brackets is a little bit different than what the increase for me to buy a loaf of bread. Correct. Yeah, and so that's the other part of it, right? right? But I think I think let's get that out of the way right off the bat is that the brackets are increased for inflation. So I'll, if they use the right inflation amount, let's start there. If they use the right inflation amount, inflation amount, it's same, same. In other words, by the time you get to retirement, yes, you're going to be pulling more money out of your retirement accounts, but the tax brackets will be much higher. Then we go to part two, which you're getting at, Joe, which is, are they using the correct inflation amount? And they tend to use a, a relatively conservative amount. Why? Be, because that's the way they are. And, and so you may have to pull out more Right, and you're going to get into these higher brackets sooner. So from that standpoint, it's 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 possible that 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 your analysis could could have some some merit, especially when you consider medical, which inflation on medical has been a lot higher than regular inflation. But still, as inflation goes up, that means his cost of living is still going to increase. And if all of his money is in a standard 401k plan, he has to pull more money out of that account. And Correct. every dollar out of that account is going to be subject to tax. But, I yeah. don't care if it's 12%, 21%, or 22%, or whatever it is. True. It's still going, every dollar that comes out of that account is taxed. So does he do the Roth versus the traditional well, if he's in the 12% tax bracket now, I would go Roth all day long. Right. I agreed. Because what Marcus is not talking about here is that the tax rates are due to change. They're going back to where they were. Yeah, so I actually he oh, does, that's what it states in the law unless yeah. they change the law. Actually he he does say hypothetically if I'm in the twenty two percent bracket now and I think I will be in the twelve percent bracket in the future, the twenty two percent bracket now will be twenty five percent in about seven years, ba based upon how it's scheduled to go, 
right? And and so and and the twelve percent will be fifteen. Fifteen, correct? Yeah. So so I'm I mean me personally, uh, I mean just mathematically, if you're going to be in the twelve percent bracket versus the twenty two, I wouldn't be doing a lot of Roth. But but there's there's a lot more to this. And and one of the biggest things, and Joe, you always say this, which is which was when people put money to Roth. And they end up paying the tax, and they forget about it, and they're glad they've done that in the future. And on the other hand, if you got the 401k, the regular 401k, you got a tax deduction, you had extra paycheck, but you spent it, you're not in a better situation. And that that's the emotional part of this. And I mean, with that small of a delta, Marcus, I, I, I don't know. I buy the tax. I would buy the tax today because you're saving a couple of dollars if you go pre-tax, or you're spending a couple of extra dollars if you go Roth. You're not going to remember you spending the extra dollars in tax in 2019 when you need the dollars 20 years from now. Yeah. It's, you know what I'm saying here? Sure. Yeah, exactly. So let's say he puts in 18.5 into the, the Roth at 22%. <laughs> Your dead calculator. Yeah. 18.5 at 22% <laughs> is 4000 bucks. Right. Okay, so that's what he would save in taxes if he did that. But now that eighteen five is now in a tax deferred account, and it's growing. And now that eighteen five is two hundred thousand dollars twenty years from now, everything is going to come out at ordinary income tax. Right, and then you can take the the Roth four hundred one k. You can put your higher expected return assets like smaller companies, value companies, emerging markets, you'll probably, over the long term, have more assets that way, more tax-free. Something else that's true, in the lowest bracket, or the lowest couple brackets, 10 and 12%, that's where your Social Security may become taxable or it may not be taxable. The lower the income that you show on your Form 1040, the less of your Social Security that will be taxable. And because of that, that 12% bracket really isn't 12%, because every time you add a dollar of income, you're adding another, in, in some cases, 85 cents of, of, of income on Social Security. So it actually works out to about an 18%, 19% tax rate. You just lost everyone. I, I know I lost you. Pro, yeah, provisional income and <laughs> blah. Marcus, I don't know. I like where your head's at. I, I like the tax diversification, I think, is the key. I don't. We don't know anything about um, your overall situation, like how much money does he have, how old is he, when does he want to retire, does his wife have, uh, how much money does he have in deferred income and all, uh, you know, everything yeah. else. But um, I, I like the analysis. I like hey, I'm I missing something here. He, he's paying attention to his cash, and um, that's good. Um, we got Justin from San Diego. That's a testimonial. Oh, dear Pure Financial, <laughs> I want to send you a quick message to let you know how much I enjoy your Sunday morning show. We've learned a lot and wanted to take a moment to say thank you and hope the show continues for a good long while. Actually, I don't. I wouldn't call that a testimonial. That's that's just a compliment. Thank you, Justin. I I just listed those as testimonials because they're people that don't actually have questions for us. They just wanted to compliment you guys. I I feel my self-esteem has risen. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. The rest of the week, they're going to be on cloud nine because of Justin. There's two more. Uh, Scott, this is from Scott. He says, Joe and Big Al, love the podcast. You guys are awesome. And the information on the show is invaluable. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Scott. (sighs) Kind of tearing up here. (laughs) We got about 20 of these? Uh, I wish. (laughs) We got two. (laughs) Those were great, though.
To send your love and adoration to the fellows, just click the Ask Joe and Big Al button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or email info at purefinancial.com. But really, the best way to show your love for YMOW is to spread the love. You could watch the latest episode of our TV show. That's the Sunday morning show that Justin mentioned. This one is on creating a steady stream of retirement income. It's on yourmoneyyourwealth.com and you can subscribe to us on YouTube. Then you can email your friends the TV show and tell them to subscribe to both. Then share your favorite episode on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn and be sure to tag us. And of course, you'll find all the social links at yourmoneyyourwealth.com too. Cyber uh, Monday was a big hit. Yes. Did you shop? I, it seems like I did buy something. I bought. Oh, you know what? I bought some new... Um, Three wood and a five wood. Oh, you did on yeah. Cyber Monday. Yeah, on Cyber Monday. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. And it came on on Thursday. I used it yesterday. Yeah, or a I couple saw days you. ago. How many? Um, how much? What percentage? You get it like a Golf Mart or something? Dot com or? I have no idea. It, it was like a good deal. I just got it and it showed up. Thirty percent off or twenty percent? I don't. I don't know. even know. And that I'm, is not an endorsement for Golf Mart. I guess. It is. <laughs> yeah. No, it def- definitely wasn't Golf Mart. It was on Amazon. I don't know who sent it. Huh, interesting. Yeah. You know what and then you know what's really rampant right now because of the holidays is these um infomercials for working out. You guys see this stuff? Isn't that like always though? Uh, it's all I mean, it now we got apps you can have a trainer on your app, right? Right on your phone and then you you got these beautiful people you know doing push-ups. Right, doing burpees and they're smiling and laughing and they got great bodies and it's like this is such BS. You know what I mean? Have you ever done a burpee? No. I'm not smiling when I'm doing a burpee. <laughs> it's a terrible and thing. It's like, like it's like almost. It's something prison. that you stop doing when you're not a teenager anymore. It's like what? It's you know. Anyway, but the the. The fitness industry is just about as big as uh, anything out there. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And it, you know, so you get these specials. It's you know Cyber Monday. You can get this trainer for half off. Of course, you know I just had a big fat Thanksgiving dinner. Of course, right. I'm going to buy it. Perfect time. And then what we what what not I found, but what I've researched. I think yes. Andy found this. <laughs> Blame it on me. <laughs> wow. Let's that this. More people spend more money. On these great deals than they anticipated. Right. right. So they end up spending more. They're spending more. Right. It's like these companies know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, they do. You know what? I actually, I, I did personal research on this because on Cyber Monday, I um, got an ad in my email for a, a drum practice pad. I'm, I play drums at home. And I knew that the drum pa- practice pad was normally $59. The email I got said it was 30% off. I go, and it's $54 because they're <laughs> marking it down from 79 Right. Wow. It's a fake price. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't buy it. So they actually kept me from buying anything on Cyber Monday. Right. I do know they're sophisticated. I've got a quick story on a book that I just read, and this was Target, but it could be anybody. They, the, the, they're talking about data scientists and how they can, by algorithms, they can anticipate what you're going to need, and they send you those coupons. And they've actually figured out, and the, I guess the, the golden goose is figuring out uh, a pregnant woman because then they're going to need to buy all oh. kinds of stuff for years wow. and years. Right, right? diapers. And, and, wow, right. that's crazy. And, and, right, and uh, the thing is, is, is a new mother is, is so preoccupied with the little kid, they want, she wants to go to one store. So they want to make sure that, that everything's at that store that she's going to need. So they've figured out with algorithms that when someone's pregnant, or they're pretty close, right? Right. And so they started sending coupons, and then people got all freaked out. How, how do yeah. you know this? Y- yes. And then they learned, and this is tricky, what they learned is, is they would send totally random coupons, like for a lawnmower, 
and then diapers. So it did, so it looked like it was a random thing. <laughs> wow. And, and I it, wonder how many of those the, and the it, and it and it's been working. I wonder how many of the algorithms figured out somebody was pregnant before they even knew. Well, I don't know about oh, that. That's, that's, that's different. <laughs> I love the algorithms. I don't care. It's like, Do I you, need this. Do you know what an algorithm is? No. <laughs> but I love them. I love them. Um, you have an iPhone? Yes. Did, well, you better buy one now because they might go up with these tariffs. Oh, really? Oh, yes. yeah, sure. 10%. 10 Okay. You know, I bought an... They already cost 1000 bucks. Here's a stupid story. Um, I guess this is the story hour. I was on an airplane. <laughs> is this a financial show? Or? Yes, no. it is. I was on an airplane um, flying back home from Minneapolis to San Diego. And so I hate, I don't really care for flying all that much. You know. No. Yeah. And that's why was, you don't go on trips. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy an iPad. And I was shopping with my mother. I had to get some speakers and some other stuff. We're running errands. And then I go, Ruthie, I'm going to buy an iPad. She's like, all right, sounds good. Was this on Black Friday? No, it wasn't. It was like Wednesday. It was that green, green Wednesday. Green Wednesday. And then we bought some pot. <laughs> you, bought, <laughs> you bought the pot on Friday and the, and the iPad on Wednesday. Yes, you got, got them mixed up. Yes, I did. And so I bought it, and it's like, okay, whatever. I was like, wrap it up. I don't, I don't like being in stores all that long. And it's like, well, here, is this a good iPad? I don't really care. I'm going to watch a movie on it, and then I'll, I'll you know. That's I'm all not, I want. That's yeah. all I want. Just give me the iPad. So I buy the iPad. Get home, and then I'm trying to set the thing up, and it only has Bluetooth for the speakers. Okay, right? so I can't plug uh, my normal like. Oh, I, you okay? And I don't have Bluetooth speakers, so I bought right. this thing to watch a movie on the plane home. <laughs> and you can't hear and it. I can't even. Uh, yeah, I can't even I hear think, it. I think that's the new deal with the uh, the iPhones and the iPads is the fact that they don't have a physical connection for speakers. I think that's BS. I agree. And so I pull the thing out at the airplane, and I was gonna maybe just surf the web or something like that, and then I was like, you know what? Whatever, and I put it in the pouch in front of me. And you forgot it. Forgot it. <laughs> you left it on the plane. Yeah, I used it for 30 seconds. <laughs> great purchase. Great purchase. They got you. I know, so I called the airlines, I sent it. Oh, yeah, no, we, we don't, we've never seen it. No, never heard yeah, of it. That yeah, brand that's, new one? That's it. Yeah, you were seat, <laughs> no, seat 1A? Yep, that no, was me. No, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not, it. yeah, nothing. Oh, seat boy. 1A, first class? No, it's a charter flight. A charter? There's no first class. <laughs> <laughs> charter flight? Yeah. It's just a straight shot. It's called Sun Country. It's a very oh, okay. nice airline that okay. has a brand new iPad. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got some fun facts here to close this uh, okay. segment out. All right. Did you know 5% of people who bought lottery tickets uh, account for 51% of all tickets sold? No, I didn't know Talk that. Talk about the one percenters? Yeah. On the one side of the spectrum. Yes. But 5%. By account for 51%. By half, of the, half of all the tickets. <laughs> half of yeah. all the tickets. I Have you ever bought one? I've never bought a lottery yeah, ticket. Me neither. I've received scratch off. Um, I have, I have two. You, you, get, you get them in a gift. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you scratch them off just to see what you won? Yeah. 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 And then I, I won like ten dollars once, and, and it, I just threw it away. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where to I, go. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> what the hell do I do? This was fun. This was a fun game. You take it to Target. They say no. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh boy, uh, uh, gambling. Speaking of gambling, Alan. And Andy, gambling generates more revenue each year than movies, spectator sports, theme parks, cruise ships, and recorded music combined. Wow. Really? I would have not guessed that. So the, I, apparently that's why the casinos are pretty nice. $34.6 billion industry 
wow. um, that runs the table there. That's a lot of money. It's, Is that it, taking into account Vegas and yeah, all, yeah everything MGM. across yeah, the country? Yeah, got to be everything. Yeah, right. yeah. Now there's legal legalized sports betting. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I don't sports bet either. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Wow. Yeah, and you don't go to Vegas very often. No, I don't really care for Last Vegas. time you went was... You don't like flying. You don't like Vegas. You don't I, like stores. I remember going there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, your... a, I'm a lot of... I'll barely laughs. I remember what about... Well, decades ago when you turned 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember being there with you. Yes, that was... Um... That was about almost 10 years ago. Yeah, was, was that my 35th or 30th? It was your 35th. 35th. Yep. Michael Jackson passed away oh, that yes, same that weekend. Oh, yes, right. And we listened yep. to Michael Jackson. That was awesome. I mean, not that <laughs> he died. I, I love Michael I Jackson. I love the fact that all I could listen to well, 24 I, hours I, I was, I was in I was in Vegas with my buddy Eric, and I remember you came down to our room, and you did like 10 Michael Jackson songs with dancing. Yes. And after and you I left, Eric, you did kill it. <laughs> Eric goes, who was that guy? <laughs> yeah. I said, pay the entertainment. Yes. It's on me. Oh, my God. You know, Pablo Escobar? Yes. Rats ate two point one billion of his um, loose change. What? Two point one billion dollars because um, Pablo Escobar can't go to a bank. No. <laughs> right. So he was stashing all this cash. Right. In um, like barns. Oh right. my gosh. And so um, yeah, they rats ate two point one billion dollars of it. Imagine having so much money that rats can eat two billion dollars of it. Yeah. Oh that's, my gosh. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> So, here's one. Uh, yeah. This is one for the cocktail party later on tonight, folks. Okay. Uh, if you have $10 in your pocket in no debt, you are wealthier than 20% of all Americans. Wow. Really? Okay. $10 in your $10. pocket with no debt. Right. You are wealthier than... So, Got Alan's it. already... He's, he's I'm already, trying to do my calculation. Hey. Of which group am I in? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> You got ten dollars. <laughs> what's your What's your balance sheet? What's, how much debt do you got? Oh, you don't have any. All right. Ninety six percent of people, um, ninety six of employed people, will not be able to retire at age sixty five. Who's 96. that according to? Ninety six. This is oh well. Look at you. We we'll want the source. Yes. According to the Employee Benefits Research Institute, oh Ninety six percent of employed Americans will not be able to collect their full retirement. Social Security benefits to compensate uh, for lengthening lifespans. The Social Security Administration has extended the age that you receive benefits. Um, so yada yada yada. Do you know what the largest domination of U.S. currency was? Denomination. Denomination. What I say? <laughs> Dom- domination. I'm trying to think. Where's it going? Denomination. With this? <laughs> Den- the largest denomination. What's the largest bill? It's, damn it! It's twenty dollar bill. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you! Oh, oh my God! <laughs> that's the far, that's the highest I've seen. No, I, I thought you. I thought you were saying number of bills. Oh. Oh, okay. You're talking the bill itself. Yes. Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. There's a hundred thousand dollar bill. I think so. uh, there was a hundred thousand dollar gold certificate. That's what Al has in his wallet right now. <laughs> so I'm in the top one percent. Yeah, that's all he's got. The largest no, bill. No, you're, you're the the top, Al. <laughs> I yes. am the top. The largest bill ever printed. Uh, was a $100,000 gold certificate. It was printed back in 1934 and 35. Wow. Right. So if I do that math, that was, what's that in today's dollars? <laughs> uh, you got, no, you got to calculate No, it? you, you got to do, do it this? while you're talking. Oh, gosh, math. <laughs> so this is $100,000 in 1934, you said? Oh, my battery died. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, break. it's a big number. Yeah. So, and then last one, um, if you're in the drive-thru, Americans spend $117 billion each year on fast food. Wow. 
Okay, that doesn't surprise me. They spent $117 billion in fast food, but if you had $10 in no debts, you're richer than 20% of most That's people. That's because most people spent $10 on McDonald's. You got $10 in your pocket, I'm getting a big neck. That's right. All right, that's it for us. For Big Old Cool Pie, Andy Last. My name's Joe Anderson, and we'll see you next week. So is that on par with winning $10 on a scratcher and throwing it away? Special thanks to today's guests, Ellie Kay and Bethany Bayless. Check out the Heroes at Home financial education event for our military members and the Money Millhouse podcast for more information. Links in the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com, where you'll also find links to subscribe to this podcast and the podcast newsletter. Email your money questions to info at purefinancial.com or call 888-994-6257. Listen next time for more Your Money, Your Wealth Presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free financial assessment, visit purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Adios, friends.